Shalom, Meshpocha. This is Sid Roth. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with a very supernatural guest. And now, here's your host for this program. It's supernatural television producer, Donna Chavez. Thank you, Sid. I'm Donna Chavis, and I'm so glad that all of you have joined us today. We know that God desires for all of us to experience wholeness and healing, but often this healing is blocked by scars from painful past experiences. And our guest today says that this is known as the spirit of trauma. But he says there's also great news. When the spirit of trauma is broken, healing can finally break through. For decades, the Holy Spirit has used him to bring supernatural healing to thousands who were bound by the spirit of trauma. Please welcome to our program today, Mike Hutchings. Hi, Mike. Hi, Donna. It's such a privilege to be with you today. Oh, I've been looking forward to it so much. Well, Mike, I want to find out how you got to where you are today, which is leading a ministry that demonstrates that God truly does heal PTSD. Donna, I'm uh, just a boy from Illinois, central Illinois, and uh, was raised, born and raised a Baptist. I had parents who loved me enough that took me to church, uh, although I did the typical church thing at 13, where I walked, came forward and was baptized. Mm -hmm. uh, I really didn't have a significant encounter with Jesus until the age of 19, where he really uh, encountered me in a way that transformed my life, that I really made him, he just didn't become my savior. He became the Lord of my life, the master of my life, and really became my friend. Yes. And as I, as I was just following him, eventually he put a call upon my life for ministry, uh, which was something I wasn't seeking in any way, shape, or form. So I uh, went into the ministry as a Baptist pastor. One of the churches that I served was a church in Southern Illinois. Really, it was the first full-time church that I'd served. And uh, I had a friend of mine uh, who pastored a church just about eight miles down the road from me in a sister church. His name was Randy Clark. Oh, we know, we know Randy. <laughs> this is in the early 80s. Yes. We were in the same denomination together. And Randy uh, was really seeking to learn more about how God heals. So he and I ended up at a conference, a James Robinson Bible conference, where we met a man named John Wimber, who was the uh, head of the vineyard churches mm -hmm. out of Anaheim, California. And out of that, Randy invited John to come to his church and do a, a weekend meeting. Uh, John couldn't come, but he sent some of his spiritual sons that included Blaine Cook and Ken Fish and some others. And, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm with you, Randy. I'm good with it. You know, I really, I, I was there because Randy, Randy and I were kind of doing this together. Um, but we had in that weekend, we had such an encounter with God. We we came to understand that the what Jesus promised about the kingdom of God was for here and now, not for some time in the future when Jesus came back again. And uh, the leader of the team, Blaine Cook, spoke a message on the kingdom of God and that uh, we could minister like Jesus. And we were so impacted by that that we were filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And in just that weekend, this is back in March of 1984, 
we saw so many miracles, uh, healing miracles, deliverance miracles, people uh, coming to Christ for the first time, even though they've been in church. And so we, uh, that just sent us, both Randy and I, on a trajectory of just going for it. Yes. Of, of, you know, many of us lost our jobs oh, no. as, as Baptist pastors, but that's okay because we ended up uh, doing some church planting. And um, so I, I, I pastored charismatic or spiritual churches uh, from that time on. Well, Mike, let me jump in here just a second. So you had this, these meetings where you were seeing a new move of God as far as in your own life. People were getting healed. Uh, all these things were happening. You were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And as you said, you just, you just weren't the same after that. But once you were baptized in the Holy Spirit, something significant started happening in your life. Well, we had a prayer as Baptist pastors when we went to the hospital or went to a nursing home or went to somebody who was sick. We had a prayer that we would pray, God, heal this person if it be your will. Yes. And I always said that was our disclaimer so that if they didn't get healed, we could just say it must not have been God's will to heal that person. But I began to realize that the, the scripture declares that it's always God's will to heal. I, I believe that. I And so I actually began to pray and declare like Jesus did, I began to say, be healed in Jesus' name. And what I began to see as I just stepped out in faith doing that, that I saw bone cancer healed. I saw stage four cancers healed. I saw pancreatic cancers healed. Legs uh, grew out, spines were healed, uh, eyesight restored. Uh, I just began to see all this amazing, wow. um, you know, these wonderful miracles. Now, I'm not saying that everybody that I prayed for was healed, but I saw in that first year, I saw more miracles of healing in that first year than I had in my entire life. Even in your own family, you witnessed with your own eyes, not just a healing like a progressive or over the time, but miracle healings even in your own family. Yes. Yeah, so my brother-in-law, 37 years of age, uh, was having severe uh, migraines, and he went to the eye doctor. The eye doctor sent him to the emergency room at a hospital, and he was suffering from stage four glioblastoma brain tumor that was the size of a softball in his front of his brain, and he had astrocytoma projections throughout all of his brain. So they went into an emergency surgery to relieve, uh, take that big tumor out, but when the neurosurgeon came in, the neurosurgeon said, uh, well, we've seen, we've done thousands of these surgeries, and we can tell you even with chemotherapy and treatment, you only have about a 15-month window to be able to survive. Mm. So uh, it was really, I mean, it was a death sentence, basically. Uh, so the neurosurgeon walked out, and the family was all there crying. They looked to me because I'm kind of the family pastor, and I began to pray, and the Holy Spirit said, uh, tell Brian that he's going to live and not die from this cancer. Whoa. And I said, oh, no, Holy Spirit. I, I began to argue with him. Oh, no, Holy Spirit, I can't do that. What if he dies? What about the faith of the people in the room? And so he said it to me again. And then one more time, he says, tell him he's going to live and not die. So I, I declared that over Brian. And uh, it stirred a lot of controversy. But even before they began chemotherapy and treatment on him, they had to go back and open his skull up again to put a shunt in his brain. And when they went in there, they could not find any of the cancer. Wow. So here we are, we are now close to nine years later. 
Uh, <laughs> Brian has been a student at the Supernatural Ministry School that I direct with Randy Clark. He is now praying for people to be healed of cancer. Uh, his neurosurgeons in Evansville, Indiana, say that he is their one miracle patient, that they have never seen anybody else survive as long as Brian has. And they real, and the neurosurgeon will say, I didn't do this. Wow. This is God that did this. Wow, that's amazing. And then in uh, 2011, Randy asked if I would come on board at his ministry, Global Awakening, to direct his education programs. So I'm thinking, wow, this is such a privilege to do this. I'm on board with Randy. And then I'm with Randy in a healing meeting in Urbana, Illinois, and uh, an Iraqi war veteran, somebody who had mm. been retired for five years, came up to me and said, I asked Randy if he would pray for me because he had he was suffering from the symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder, which included he had flashbacks, he was suicidal, he mm. had chronic nerve pain, he had night sweats every night, he couldn't sleep more than two hours a night, he couldn't sleep with his wife because in the nightmares he would attack her, and he was just, he was just miserable. So hey, when I hey brought Mike. the request to Randy... Yes. Let me let me yes. jump in here because I I don't want to move too fast through this. Um, so you had been ministering for years and years, and you you already had an anointed healing ministry going well before you went to that meeting with Randy Clark. And what happened at that meeting? So when Randy assigned me, literally, I I say this, Donna, that the assignment came with an anointing. Uh, when he assigned me to pray for this man, Donna, honestly, I didn't know how to pray for him. I, I was like, okay, what do I do? Because I, I never prayed for anybody with PTSD before. But uh, John Wimber used to teach us that before you pray for anybody, you pray this prayer, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do here? And so I prayed that, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do here? And I began to get what I call a download. That is, I began to get steps in my mind how to pray for this man. His name was Ron. And in just about less than 10 minutes, uh, Ron, the Spirit of God came on Ron and began to shake and shiver. He fell to his knees. And when he stood back up again, all of his chronic nerve pain was gone. He had tremendous amount of peace. He went home that night, and for the first time in five years, he slept over nine hours. Uh. When he woke up that next morning, his bed was completely dry. He had not had any night sweats whatsoever. And so Ron was the happiest man in central Illinois that next morning because he realized that he had really been healed of it. And then he began a ministry of praying for his fellow vets to be healed of post-traumatic stress disorder. And Ron has seen many of them be healed and restored. Mike, I have to ask you, before you prayed for this man, had you ever prayed for anyone with, with this condition? No. No. I and, never had. And then... When when he came up to you, you said his name was Ron. When Ron came up to you and said, "Will you will you have Randy pray for me? Will you have Randy pray for me?" and you went to to ask Randy if he would pray for him, what did what did he say to you? Randy says, "Mike, I'll stand with you, but I want." He stuck his long finger out at me and he said, <laughs> "I want you to pray for him." And I don't know to this day. I don't know that Randy knows or I know exactly what happened at that point. But he was being led by the Spirit. And, of course, then I had to be led by the Spirit because I had no clue what to pray. And, you know, Donna, this illustrates something for me. You know, God never calls the qualified. He mm. always qualifies the called. Wow. 
And he always, when we have an assignment from Kim, he always shows up. He always backs us up. He always brings exactly what we need to meet the need of the moment. And that's certainly what he did for me and this man, Ron. Well, I know that day you stood there feeling unqualified. But now, all these years later, what is happening? So um, I, I began to have the opportunity to pray, first of all, for more and more military veterans and active duty soldiers. And Donna, it was the craziest thing. Everybody that I prayed for, when they would send me their testimonies, they were all getting healed. They were getting healed of all of their trauma symptoms. They were getting healed of chronic nerve pain. They were getting healed of physical injuries that had taken place on the battlefield. And as I continued down this process, I began to pray for first responders like firefighters, police officers, emergency medical technicians. Then I began to have people with domestic abuse, with physical and sexual abuse as children, people who'd been involved in disasters, people who'd been involved in human trafficking. And Donna, you'll you'll love this. Randy would have me get up at one of his meetings, and he'd have give me a testimony of people who had been healed of PTSD. And then Randy would do this. Okay, everybody who's got PTSD, (laughs) come down and let Mike pray for you. So I would have a line of like 50 people that I would have to pray for. And so what began to develop was a healing prayer model, just a way to be able to pray for people that was based upon what the Holy Spirit gave me all the way back with Ron. And as, as I developed that, I prayed for people. But then because we, in our in Global Awakening and in our tribe, we really believe in an equipping ministry. Yes. That is, whatever God has given us, he wants to give to others. And so I developed a healing trauma seminar where I have been all over the country and in five other countries uh, where I have trained close to 10,000 people in this healing prayer model so that then they can go and release the same healing power of Jesus Christ into people who carry any kind of trauma, not just PTSD. So many people, and I know maybe getting ahead of ourselves. No, 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 that's fine. So many people think that PTSD is just for military people. And I'm saying to everybody that's listening to us that everybody has had some kind of trauma. The question is, does your trauma still affect you today? Does it haunt you? Does it affect the way you think, the way you feel, the way you make choices? Does it affect your identity? And and I I just I've experienced over and over again the power of the Holy Spirit coming and completely breaking the chains of trauma off of people's lives. Yes, yes. So, Mike, you're saying that that even though sometimes it's associated only with like military or military combat, and when we hear this this phrase PTSD, but you're saying that anyone that has suffered any kind of trauma could be suffering for this and affected by this. You say it's a soul injury. What do you mean by that? So the word trauma actually comes from the parable of the Good Samaritan in the Bible, where the the Good Samaritan saw the man on the road and saw that he was, and literally the word in the Greek is traumatize, that he was traumatized. And that the Good Samaritan took the man and he bound up his traumas or his traumas, his wounds. So trauma literally means wound. And instead of, you know, that we think we have a mental illness or some kind of mental disease, I believe it's a soul injury. You know, it says in 
Psalm 34, 18, David says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted yes. and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Later on in Psalm 147, 3, he says, God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Yes. So as I understand the heart, the heart in the Bible literally refers to the soul. That includes the mind, the will, the emotions, and your identity. Yes. And what trauma does is it literally shatters your soul to such an extent that you're walking around with a broken heart, and it affects everything about you, including your body. It can even affect your body with lots of symptoms. So when I call it a soul injury, it's when, when people get diagnosed with PTSD, it sounds like they have mental illness or a disorder. They don't. They've just been wounded, and they need healed. Yes. What are some of the signs and symptoms? Well, the, the first obvious that many people are familiar with is the idea of having flashbacks, um, where you experience things sometimes with your five senses. When, when you have something in your environment that triggers you, whether it's a sight, it's a smell, it's a sound, or it's a feeling of something— and it, it literally takes you right back to that moment when you were traumatized in the first place. And you can, like, experience it like it's, it's happening, like you're right back in that place again. Uh, you can also experience nightmares, which um, a lot of uh, folks who have trauma, they have nightmares, night terrors, where they wake up just full of fear, or they may be reliving their trauma over and over again through their nightmares and night terrors that sometimes can lead to restless leg syndrome, can lead to lots of sleep disorders. You also, many people who have severe trauma, they just feel numb and empty. They don't, they don't feel anything, uh, which can lead also to having uh, awful depression, awful anxiety. And then another piece of unresolved trauma is anger or rage or irritability, where yes. You know, you just blow up at any moment, and you can actually, people have to walk on eggshells around you because they're afraid when you're going to explode again. Um, there's chronic nerve pain can be very much a part of it, fibromyalgia and neuralgias, as I said, insomnia, where you only sleep two to three hours a night. And then the last thing that's really sad, and I believe somebody on our podcast may be suffering with this, and that is you have lots of suicidal thoughts. Mm. You have a hopeless future. And you just don't you, you just don't believe that life could ever be good again. And so you begin to get these lies in the spirit of suicide telling you to end your life. That's mm -hmm. what unresolved trauma or PTSD looks like. Yes, and there's an aspect of it about where where you have to make sure that the people that you minister to feel safe because in in so many of these, the flashbacks and the nightmares and different things like that, the people just don't feel like they have a safe place. So I'm going to stop right there just for a second and let everybody know that, as always, Sid and I want to tell you about this powerful resource package by our guest, Mike Hutchings. It's his brand new book, Supernatural Freedom from the Captivity of Trauma. Also, his brand new and exclusive three-CD teaching series called Defeating the Terrors of Trauma. And here's something special. Mike is including a digital download of his prayer model for deliverance from trauma. And 
This is truly, truly life-changing. So be sure to listen for Sid at the end of the program to find out how you can get this exclusive package that Mike has prepared. So, Mike, you teach us there is a safe place. There, there is help. Talk to us a little bit about that place, the Father's Heart. Well, the Father's Heart is a place where you can actually still live out the dream of God that he created you for. You know, I teach that according to Jeremiah chapter 1, God knew us before we even conceived in our mother's womb. And it's always been the purpose and dream of God for us to live out the fullness of the dream that he had for us. Yes. But we have an enemy. We have an enemy of our soul that has been out to steal, kill, and destroy. But it's in the, the dream of God for our life. But it's in the presence of God that we can literally experience the shalom of God, which is the covenant blessing of wholeness and completeness. It's not just peace, but it's literally that safe place like Psalm 91, where no matter what's going on around you, you know that you've got a three-foot circle of angels and God's presence and his grace that is around you to keep you. You know, Third John verse 2 says this, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Yes. So in order for you to live an abundant life, you, we have, have to learn how to let the Lord heal our past, help us to step out of the history that's been traumatic and step into the, his full dream for us. Yes. I, I say this, Donna, when I, I have people say this with me over and over again. I say, because of Jesus, I am no longer defined by my history. I'm not defined by what I've done. I'm not defined by what was done to me. I'm not, done, I'm not defined by what I've experienced. I'm not defined by my family. I'm defined by who my papa calls me, and he <laughs> calls me his beloved child in whom he is well pleased. Yes, yes. Now, and what do you mean by the phrase uh, the, that God's kingdom is not a throwaway culture? Well, you know, in in uh, in America, like I had a red, uh, my favorite red toaster. We all have a toaster, right? Well, I had a red toaster, and it started only browning the toast on one side. <laughs> so I wanted to go get it fixed, and I called a repair shop, and they said, "Oh no, just throw that thing away. It costs more to fix it." So when things are broken, we have a tendency, at least in our culture, to throw them away. Yes. Uh, and sometimes we do that with people as well. People who seem to be so utterly broken, we have a tendency to marginalize them or push them aside. But in Japanese art culture, when a vase or a piece of pottery is broken, they don't throw that away. They take the pieces and they use gold or silver lacquer to put the pieces back together wow. so that the pottery or the vase comes back into its original shape. But now it's even more beautiful in the broken places because of the gold or silver lacquer that they've used. It's a process called kintsukuroi or kintsugi. And to me, Donna, that best expresses what our Father does with our broken lives. He brings the gold of heaven. He brings the gold of his glory and of his love, and he puts the pieces of our life back together so we really see ourselves exactly how he sees us not as broken people, but as beautiful works of art, vessels of honor in the house of the Lord. That's who we are, and that's who we become. 
You know, when I was reading your book and I was reading about when you were writing about living unbroken and what it is to live unbroken, will you speak to those that might be listening just for a moment that feel broken? Well, one of the reasons why you feel so broken is not only all the things that have happened to you, but the enemy has been telling you that this is what your identity is. He's spoken to you and he said, you know what, all these bad things happen to you because you're a bad person. There's shame on you. There's guilt. There's condemnation on you. And and when you when you allow your past, no matter how bad it's been, to define your identity, then that's what you begin to expect out of life. You just expect to walk broken, you know, kind of shattered, kind of a basket case, things like that. But the, the promise of God's word is that the, he wants to walk, help us walk in covenant with him. And that covenant brings the promise of shalom, which is the covenant blessing that refers to wholeness and completeness, a sense of living in a place where you lack nothing because of what God has given to you in his covenant. God desires that we all live in the fullness of shalom, whether it be in our own bodies, in our emotions, in our mind, in our identity, in our relationships, in our finances, with with our friends. Uh, he desires wholeness for all of us, which is what shalom really means. It just doesn't mean peace. It literally means wholeness. And Donna, I believe, that you can't have true holiness without wholeness. Mm. So we're on this journey. It's not, you know, it's, it's a process. It's a, it's a process where God is shaping us and making us more into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ. But that's it. No matter how broken you are, your father, he is the master potter, and he wants to take <laughs> your broken vessel and put the gold of heaven so that you experience wholeness again. Yes, yes. I love the example that that you brought up when you were talking about the man at the temple that that had been there for 40 years. Yeah, you know, that's such an amazing thing, the fact that he had been literally birthed out of his mother's womb, uh, lame. And, you know, he was not only had physical suffering, but if you understood Levitical law back then, because of his defect, he was not allowed to go into the temple to worship God. Um, he couldn't participate in his people's religious culture because of something that was not his fault. But when Peter reached out to him and restored him physically, he also restored him spiritually because he understood that the healing was not from Peter. It says he began leaping and, and dancing and praising God because he knew that the healing came from God. So his reconnect, his connection with, with God was restored. But then he was also healed in his emotions because he went from being this poor person who was seated and couldn't stand up or having to ask for alms, where he began to leap and dance for joy because of the healing that took place. And it says the very next verse, and he went in with Peter and John into the temple to worship God. So that, to me, is a beautiful picture of all of us, how God not only wants to restore us in spirit so that we walk in spirit with him, but he's concerned about our souls. He's concerned about our bodies so that we experience the full shalom that he's promised for us. 
Yes. You know, there's a, a phrase that you use that I love so much. I mean, I sometimes when I'm studying some of these programs and these topics, I have to just stop. And this was one of those. And I stopped and I read it over and over again. And you said healing broken souls is the identifying mark of the Messiah. Yes. Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to declare good news to the poor, to the broken, to the traumatized, to the victimized, to the marginalized. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to declare liberty to captives, freedom to prisoners, to declare the favorable year of the Lord, that is the year of Jubilee, the day of vengeance of our God, and then begins this amazing divine exchange where he brings comfort for mourning, the oil of joy for sorrow, the mantle of praise for the spirit of heaviness, yes. that we would no longer be known as the poor, the afflicted, the victimized, and the traumatized, but now we would be known as oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So the very first sign and wonder, according to Isaiah 61, that Jesus quoted on his first day of ministry in his home synagogue, is that he would bring healing to the brokenhearted and bind up their wounds. Okay, is it okay if right now we kind of like stop and take a little glory break right here and say, wow, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) I think we're about to have, we're about to have church here, Mike. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, I know you've been called into this ministry, the, the absolute numbers of the people you have trained the numbers of confirmed testimonies that you have are certainly a sign of that so you've been in ministry you're called you're anointed for this but why the book why why your your new book supernatural freedom from the captivity of trauma why write the book well first of all i believe um I've been working on this book for over four years, to be honest with you, Donna. And while I was busy, uh, and I work a full-time job at Global Awakening Director in the Ministry of School, I go out on the weekends and train people. But I understand that even no matter how far I travel, no matter how many people I speak to personally, people need to know that the truth of how God is really concerned about their trauma. That, that he understands that unless their trauma is healed, they can't experience the fullness of the abundance of life. And so uh, to, to put this, and basically the book is the seminar. Basically so much of what is in the book is what I teach in the seminar. And people can literally read through the book. They can literally walk themselves through the prayers that are in there, and they can experience healing themselves. But beyond that, I expect this book to be a training manual for people then, once they get healed of their trauma, for them to give away what they've been given and to multiply the healing. So my desire is this book will go far and wide, as well as this podcast and anything else I do with you all, so that people would not only get healed themselves, but then we can raise up an army of heart healers and chain breakers that will go forth and bring healing to the multitudes who have trauma, particularly now that we're coming out of a pandemic 
that's caused lots of people trauma. Yes. The, the unrest that's in our country, the political unrest, people have so much trauma that they're carrying from that. And this is just an amazing time to be able to release this book and all of this, this message that, and, and this is my statement, Donna, I want to say this. Jesus suffered trauma on your behalf so that your trauma can be healed. Yes, yes. Well, since since around 2012 and 2013, you have literally seen thousands and thousands of people that suffer with trauma actually begin being healed. I've read some of the testimonies. I've seen them. I've watched them where they say, I am completely completely free. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of those. Um, let's let's do that before we move too much further here, Mike. What about sure. um, what about the woman who had PTSD from a car accident? So she was uh, in a, a car accident with her adult daughter and she and this was years ago and she was carrying a spirit of grieving and mourning. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was impacting her body in such a way that she was in a wheelchair. Uh, she she just had so much chronic nerve pain and inflammation in her body that she could, she could hardly walk at all. And one of the things that happens with military folks and first responders and those who have seen somebody close to them die tragically is they carry something called survivor's guilt. Uh, in that this mother wished that she would have died except her daughter. So she actually saw yeah. her daughter, uh, who was in this car with her, die in in this horrible, tragic accident. Yes. And she was feeling guilty because she survived. So on top of the grieving and mourning, there's this guilt that was on her. And as I began to pray for her, one of the things that the Lord spoke to me about is to say to her that her daughter was in a great place, that she she's she's uh, loving Jesus, and mm-hmm. that it's okay to let her go. Secondly, I began to pray for the neural pathways in her brain that contained all the lies of the guilt and the condemnation that she carried from still being alive. Yes. And and thirdly, I prayed for the traumatic memories of that event of a car accident. And it was like Jesus came and brought healing to that place to such an extent that while she still remembered that her her daughter died, she could not remember the details of the accident in any way, shape, or form. So those images? Yeah, the images just were completely taken away. Yeah. So she slept all night for the first time uh, in, two, in two years and had no nightmares or anything, woke up the next morning. She had her short-term memory back. She could remember the good things about her daughter's life and not just the horrible, tragic accident. And God restored, just did a beautiful work of restoration with her. Wow, wow. What about another lady that you said she actually was a victim of child abuse and witchcraft, and she was absolutely set free? What about that story? That lady I met at one of our conferences, she was a veteran of our military. She'd been in special forces, but as a child, her stepmother uh, was into voodoo and actually used her in voodoo rituals, witchcraft, cut locks out of her hair to practice voodoo, uh, spoke word curses over her. 
And I remember this lady at the conference, she was wearing a, uh, a top that had skulls all over it. Mm. And as I began to speak about uh, how God wanted to set her free from this trauma, she got to the place that she couldn't breathe. So she ran out of the room and she was there just trying to get her breath. And one of my students who I had trained in uh, how to pray these prayers found her and uh, began to pray over her. And she got completely set free, not just of the trauma, but of all the word curses, the spells, all of that stuff, breaking the power of the demons that were still tormenting her. And she got completely free. We found out later she got you out of, got rid of all of her medications that she was on and just has still today walking in amazing freedom. And she was one of those that doctors, and, and I know it's, because they, they don't know the supernatural aspect and they just don't know, but they're going by what they do know. She was one of those that the doctors said, you will never be free. There is no cure. Well, unfortunately, a lot of medical doctors uh, tell people with post-traumatic stress disorder, particularly our veterans, that they'll never be free of post-traumatic stress. It's like a traumatic brain injury and you'll live with it for the rest of your days. But I'm saying to you that the brain is an organ, just like any other organ. And if Jesus can heal hearts and kidneys and lungs, then he also heals brains. And I'm saying to you, I've seen it thousands of times where he has come and rewired and reset and brought healing and restoration to people's minds so that they can really walk in freedom. Yes, yes. Well, let me remind everybody one more time, you're listening to Mike Hutchins, and may I just say, wow, thank you, Jesus, for all the wonderful things that are happening through this ministry. Now, I know a lot of you have heard others talk about this topic, but you may be like me, like I was, and not fully understand it. Thousands and thousands of people delivered and healed from the captivity of trauma. Well, again, Sid's going to be here at the end of the program to tell you how you can get Mike Hutchings' brand new book, Supernatural Freedom from the Captivity of Trauma, his brand new and exclusive audio teaching series called Defeating the Terrors of Trauma, and this special bonus, a digital download of Mike's prayer model for deliverance from trauma. Mike, my goodness, let's let's talk just a little bit about what you call the safe place. So the safe place is the place in the Father's heart where you know that you are loved, that you are accepted exactly as you are, and where you understand that your Father is all about helping you to live the kind of life that he always dreamed for you. What that means is that the shame, the guilt, and the condemnation that you carry is just no longer part of who you are. You, you have an identity now, not as somebody who's been traumatized, not as somebody who's been victimized, but as somebody who now has experienced freedom and healing of your soul. That safe place means as well, and I want to say this, Donna, that nobody's going to do a religious thing on you. They're not going to try to put a box around you to be something that you're not. Here's the amazing thing about your father. He created you to be this wonderful, unique, original, amazing child of God. And he wants to discover all the beauty and uniqueness about being who you are. The other piece of that safe place is that you no longer identify yourself 
what what has been done to you or by what you've done, but now you're identified by who your Father calls you. And He's constantly calling you to understand the beauty of the creation that you are as a beloved son or daughter in whom He's well pleased. Yes, yes, yes. And this is so wonderful that you present this as, as God saying, here's an invitation to you right now. Here's an invitation for you for this journey. Healing is at hand. So right now, God is inviting you on this journey of freedom from captivity. Holy Spirit's right here. He's, he's with Don and I, Jacob. He's with every wherever you're listening to. He's here right now with you. Feel his presence. He's right here with you. He wants you to know that he is for you. He knows every single thing about you and what you've been through. But he's here to restore you and give you freedom and purpose so that you can walk out in peace all the days of your life, your best life. I want you to understand that no matter how old you are, no matter how broken you've been, that God's dream is still available for you. And I specifically want to speak right now to those that person who is suffering from suicidal thoughts. You've, you may have already had a plan. You've got a gun and you've got a knife. You've got pills. And I'm saying to you in Jesus' name, those thoughts do not come from you. They come from a demon spirit of suicide that is out to cut short the plan of God for your life. Because the enemy knows that if you get healed, you're going to be a powerful weapon in the kingdom of God to destroy the kingdom of darkness all around you. As a matter of fact, when it says in Isaiah 61 that we become the vengeance of God, we become the vengeance of God by the very thing that the enemy sought to destroy us with. We now turn against him, and we start to bring that healing to the people that suffered the same things that we did. So right now, in Jesus' name, I pray you receive the truth of Isaiah 61. The Lord is here to heal your shattered soul, to bring healing to your mind, to your will, to your emotions. He's here to restore your identity, that you are a beloved, blessed child of God. And he's here, and I, I just declare right now in your minds, in the name of Jesus, I speak healing to every traumatic image and memory that you still carry in Jesus' name. Yes. I sever the neural pathway that leads to it. And I sever your five senses, your seeing, smelling, tasting, touching, and hearing from being triggers to those. In Jesus' name, I pray right now that the power of the Holy Spirit would come and fill every place that trauma has occupied in your life. Fill with love, shalom, and joy in Jesus' name. Yes, yes, yes. Amen to that. Mike, you've got a section in your book toward the end, uh, and you call it a new creation declaration blessing at the, at the end. How important is it for us for healing and then to retain our healing for us to know who we are, our, our true identity? Well, Donna, neuroscience tells us that in order for us to develop new ways to think, new patterns of thinking, new neural pathways, we actually have to hear our own mouths say truths that we begin to believe. So the new creation declaration that's in the book 
is a way for people to be able to declare what the Bible actually says about them, which is the truth that I am a new creation in Christ. The old has passed away. All things have become new. As a matter of fact, I recommend that people, particularly after they've had a significant healing of trauma, that they take that new creation declaration, get up every morning and look themselves in the mirror and declare that, speak it over yourself every day for the next 30 days. And I'm telling you, what begins to happen is a new neural pathway begins to form that that the old stronghold of being shamed, full of guilt, condemnation of an identity that's a victim, that begins to be tore down. And what's replaced is the Word of God and the promise of God that this is what He has created you to be. That's why that model is so important. Yes, yes. And you encourage people to speak this out loud so that they yes. involve more of their senses, right? You know, I used to tell my children when they were growing up, if they were having a bad day, I told them that, Mike, I would say, you know, go into the bathroom and look yourself in the mirror and say who God says you are. Make sure you say it out loud yeah. so that you can feel it in your mouth. You can hear it with your ears and it becomes more a part of who you are just because of your senses. So, yay. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, and once again, what are we doing? We're literally performing neuroscience in that we're building a new neural pathway. Uh, we we want to tear down the ungodly strongholds of the lies, the lids, and the labels that we have had put upon us by the trauma in our life. And we want to build a new godly stronghold of the truth of God's word about our identity and who he calls us. Yes. Yes, well, I didn't know I was doing all that, but what I did know, <laughs> even as a, as a young Christian mom, I did know the power of the spoken word. Wow. Amen. <laughs> let me let me touch on one more thing before we talk about some more testimonies. In your book, and I know we've just got a few minutes left, so of course we don't have time to go into each one of these, but for those that are listening that that may feel like they have a call to ministry and they just need something to go by. You provide this prayer model for deliverance from trauma. What are the steps in that? And I know we don't have a lot of time, but can could you just go through the steps real quick yes. and just tell us the steps? So first of all, obviously, you want to ask the person, what was the most significant traumatic event in your life? Mm -hmm. They don't have to go into lots of details. As a matter of fact, you don't want them to. You just want to hear, okay, how were they traumatized? Were they right. abused as a child? Were they in battle? Number two, I'm going to explain to them that I'm going to pray the purposes and promises of God over them. Number three, I'm going to declare the forgiveness of God over them if they have received the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And if they've not, if they don't know Jesus, I'm going to welcome them to come yes. into relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm also going to ask them to forgive those that have wounded them. Number four, I'm going to use Isaiah 61. That's the promise of healing the of brokenhearted. And then in number five, I go after the strongholds of shame, guilt, condemnation, and all the lies that they've been listening to, that, that the spirit of trauma has been telling them. Mm. Uh, number six, I pray healing 
of their mind, their will, their emotions, and restoration of their identity. And at the same time, I'm severing the assignments of the powers of darkness, like the spirit of trauma, the spirit of torment, the spirit of fear, the spirit of suicide. Then we pray Psalm 91 over them, that, that they would just know that protection is for them in Jesus' name. And then if there's any part of their body systems that have either been injured or maybe suffer like chronic nerve pain from the effects of trauma. We speak healing over those body systems. And finally, uh, we just declare that it is for freedom that Christ has set them free, that freedom is part of what Jesus bought and died. Yes. He, he died for that with his blood so that then we can step into our new identity. And I literally walk the people through that new creation identity confession to reset their identity from being victims, the traumatized, and the poor, to being new creations in Christ. You know, I know we took just a couple of minutes to to go through those steps, but I just have to say, as someone that did not know these steps, I did not know this topic very well, when I read this in your book, Mike, and where you take the time to explain each one of these and how you minister this healing and this deliverance to other people— I was so, so impacted by that. So for every one of you that are listening, I just encourage you, uh, whether you suffer, whether you know someone who suffers, or whether you want to minister to those who suffer, this is life-changing. It is it is a must-have. And, and Mike, we in our family, I have a lot of uh, veterans in uh, my family, and I'm so proud of them, and I'm always so, so careful to thank them for their service and their sacrifice. You have a special place in your heart for the Vietnam veterans who, who, who came back with a lot of baggage and not quite the welcome that most military people come back with. They experience a trauma that, that you are very specific with them when you minister to them. I am. So, you know, for most of our veterans, when they come home from battle, they're cheered, they're welcomed, you know, people you know, say thank you for your service. And, and sometimes they even had parades in the past of veterans coming home. But for the Vietnam veterans, they came back out of a very unpopular war where they were actually shamed mm. for being fulfilling their duty yes. to our country. And they when they came back from Vietnam, they came through West Coast airports that were populated by people from the 60s who were the, was the anti-war movement. They were called baby killers. They were just called all, they were spit upon. They had pig blood thrown on them and everything. And so literally these Vietnam veterans came back and instead of being able to have pride in what they did in, in, in continuing to maintain the, our freedom as a country, they had to isolate themselves. They were covered with so much shame And I tell you, Donna, I've had the privilege over these last uh, seven years or so to have men in their 60s and 70s come up to me, and I break the trauma of not just Vietnam, but also all the shame that they've lived in all these 40 years. And the first thing I do is I look them in the eye, and I say, welcome home, soldier. And so many of them begin to weep, and they'll tell me, nobody ever said that to me. Nobody ever welcomed me home. They only spit on me. They shame me. And, I, and I'm saying that if you ever see a Vietnam veteran, I just want to say this. They've got a hat on that says they're a Vietnam veteran. Walk up to them. Say, welcome home, soldier. Thank you for laying down your life for our freedom. 
Yes, yes. Wow, that is so powerful. I want to share a couple more of these testimonies before we have to go, Mike. And you said the reason you like to share the testimonies is because of the power in the testimony. Tell, tell us about Adrian. So Adrian was at an event. We were at Bethel Church in Redding, California, doing healing. And Randy had been talking about a book on identity that we were uh, making available. And Adrian came up, and he had severe nerve pain in his legs and his arms. He was wearing this huge, heavy coat, even though it was 70 degrees outside. And as, as he began to talk with Randy about what he wanted, he actually just wanted the book on identity. He was a military veteran who had had a medical discharge because this chronic nerve pain continued to develop in his body, so much so that he was in a hospital bed for a period of time in a wheelchair, and he was barely walking when he came up to the stage. Uh, uh, Randy invited me to come up and pray for him. And as I prayed for him, I just walked him through the same prayer that I walked uh, Ron through, and he began to realize all the shame, the guilt, the condemnation, mm. all the images of all of the horrors of war that were in his mind. And as the Lord brought healing to that, he also brought healing to his chronic nerve pain so that he got completely free, not only of all the trauma, but he got free of all of this chronic nerve pain. He had been on literally 60 pills a day to treat all of this. And within just a few months, he was completely off all of his medication and just completely free. Yes, yes. Well, and, and for those that may be saying, oh, but I can't get to Mike. I can't get to one of his meetings. I can't get to one of his seminars. You actually have people that watched you on video and was ministered to by the video that were completely, completely healed. So I, I, I want to encourage everyone, if, if you can't get to Mike, then get his resources or watch. Uh, there was a lady named Jeannie that you told us about that just suffered for oh years goodness, and years. Oh my Jeannie was incredible. She had been molested by her father for many years. And then at age 11, she finally told her father no. And her father walked into the next bedroom, took a shotgun, and killed himself. Wow. So she had been carrying this trauma for so many years. Uh, at her church in Georgia, uh, the pastor showed my healing PTSD video. And as she was watching it, the Spirit of God came on her, and she got completely set free of all, not just the trauma of the abuse that she suffered, because her father killed himself. Yes. And just by just by watching the video, it just just incredible. And we get those testimonies again and again and again, not only from watching the DVD seminar that's available, but also by going onto YouTube and finding some of my messages on there as well. Sure. And 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 quickly just uh, as an example of you training people that actually minister themselves. There there was a husband and wife team where the wife went to one of your classes, Mike, and she learned all the steps. She went back home and she helped her husband who got completely free. So I'm going to stop us right there and say, Mike, it is the end of our interview time, but I would love for you to pray for those listening just before we leave. I would love to. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every one of these precious ones that are listening to this podcast right now. As I prayed earlier, I break the power of the spirit of trauma that is lying to them that this is what their life will be. And in Jesus' name, I speak healing to their souls. 
I command healing to their mind, their wills, their emotions, and I command right now restoration of their identity according to what God says they are, that they are beloved children of God. I ask, Father, right now for the shalom of God, the peace and wholeness to come upon them and to fill them with a baptism of your love, Father, to restore the dream of God for them in Jesus' name, that they would know what it means to be truly captives that have been set free and prisoners who have stepped out of prison to become no longer the poor, the afflicted, the imprisoned, the captive, but now they are oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So come, Holy Spirit, fill them, restore them in Jesus' name. Yes, yes. Amen. Mike, thank you for spending this time with us. I'm Donna Chavis, and you've been listening to Messianic Vision. And now, here's Sid Roth. Sid? For decades, the Holy Spirit has used Dr. Mike Hutchings to bring supernatural healing to thousands who are bound by the spirit of trauma. Literally, he's literally setting the captives free. Mike's book, Supernatural Freedom from the Captivity of Trauma, is destined to become one of the most successful books of all time in teaching people how to help themselves and others heal from the effects of trauma. There are so many people that are sick and they don't realize the trauma that they don't even remember that buried, that happened as a child, is blocking their healing or their answer to prayer. Don't miss this amazing resource from Mike Hutchings. It's his brand new book, Supernatural Freedom from the Captivity of Trauma, and his brand new and exclusive three CD teaching series, Defeating the Terrors of Trauma. You'll also get a special bonus with this offer, a free digital download of the life-changing Prayer Model for Deliverance from Trauma, all for an investment of only 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9746. Once again, that's offer number 9746.